you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Heisman Trophy winner Derrick Henry as he gets ready for the draft. And Mark Sessler talking all things Browns, quarterback's legacy, and trophy poses. Check it out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL podcast is more scientific than DDFP. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Chris Wessling. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Thursday. It is. Well, where? how do we feel about Greg? He's over the sea right now. He is over the sea, heading to... The motherland. Maybe not his motherland, but somebody's motherland. Well, his wife's motherland. Well, the mother of his children land. The mother of his children land. Right now, Greg is about to spend a week in Japan with comedian Anthony Jeselnik. (laughs) Which we're fine with, are we? Of course we are. That's his friend. I've never had any problem with his music. I've never had any problem with uh, Greg and Anthony's friendship. It's actually pretty cool, actually. It's, uh, Jeselnik, a talented comedian. Magnanimous of you to yeah. not have any problem with Greg's <laughs> best friend. And quite frankly, I you know I already miss Greg a little bit. Very rarely have we done shows where Greg's not here. Uh, so sitting the blank spot to my right, I miss the guy. Oh, it's like when you set the table for someone who's passed. In this case, he's just on vacation. He could pass. I was out with him last night. I think he probably had to one get one. Wait, more. you were out with him again <laughs> last night? It's about me. No, wait, no. <laughs> Put down the chisels. You were out with Greg? I had to move it off the board because we had oh. so much stuff oh. coming right now. Oh. Yeah. So I took a shoot, shot. Shoot. I sh- I took a shot in the dark with it's about me. Oh, oh Brandon. <laughs> I had to make up for it. <sighs> yeah, I wow. think he had to get one last night out of his system. Well, that's good. That means that he went Greg went out. 
like six nights out of seven days. Something close to that, not even joking around. So he made the most of it. That's a stunning turn for him because I think, you know, over the course of months, he doesn't go out six times. That yeah. will do it for 2016. Oh, he's done. Mm. He's done. Father of two. Once the family gets back, it's over. The Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, uh, sponsored by no one. Um, three of us today in the studio, as you know, and uh, we have uh, plenty to get to. Uh, I like today's show. Don't always like the show. Sometimes, you know, I'm about to start the show and I go, oh, this show is not going to be any good. And it plays out that way? Yes, quite often. Okay. Oh, that was a terrible show, I'll say to myself afterward. Today, pre- pretty good. Going to be pretty good. I got a feeling. Pre-show grade B. Lot of room. <laughs> Every pre-show grade. Right, set the bar as high as possible. Um, we're going to do some news. News trickling into the NFL. Um, you know, what we're going to do also next week, just so everybody knows, Greg is out for the week, and this is a very slow period, probably the slowest period of the uh, year for us. We're just going to do two shows next week, so don't uh, don't be alarmed if you don't hear us uh, next Monday. You, you still got three shows this week. Uh, we'll still give you two more next week, and then we'll be back. Um, you know, we might do two shows the week after that as well. It's yet to be determined. But then once the draft is coming up uh, right upon us, back to three shows a week for most of the summer. When we have uh, other vacations, could have two show weeks. But you're always going to have at least two, and usually three. That seems like pretty good, right, Mark? Yeah, I think it's sensible. And, you know, I don't know what the strategy was behind just doing two next week. but I just is. explained it. Well, all right. You yeah. did a good job of that. Yeah. I was I was somewhere I else did. mentally. But, yeah. I mean, you come into work, and there's like you have to search for news. So that's where we are right now. It is it's sort of a very quiet fortnight. If I was a listener, I'd want my money back. <laughs> and two – and. And to that point, this is a good thing. There is no, so far, knock on wood, no high-profile murder case involving a tight end. There's uh, no gates involved, no bounty gates. You've jinxed it. I know, I really have. Uh, No deflate gates. So since there's no massive scandal or um, perplexing uh, news story out there. There will be. It's a little quiet right now. Well, this is also the time of year. We're setting the table for that to happen. If there's going to be a murder or something very bad, it's about right now where everyone's left to their own devices where these things creep in. Are you pulling for a murder? Is that what no, I definitely oh. am not because that was right when we thought we had hit our you know quality mm, vacation true. time also, and that thing landed like a bomb, the Aaron Hernandez thing. Also, somebody lost his life. Absolutely. That was, the, that was also a down, downside <laughs> of that. Uh, anyway, uh, and we will also a uh, new segment – uh, workshopping the title, but uh, and Greg do- and Wes doesn't like it because in our um, rundown I put multiple slammers exclamation points. You're the GM. In which there will be phone calls uh, between uh, two GMs or a GM and a uh, front office personnel person or someone connected with another team, and uh, we will play the parts of uh, those individuals and talk about potential scenarios in the NFL that could play out, if only in our dreams. That felt like it could have used a, a little bit of a music element or something when you pronounced that title, but just wait, Mark. Okay. What do those extra four exclamation points do that the first one didn't already accomplish? The first slammer is kind of like... Wait, you've this. changed the name of the exclamation point to a slammer? Dude, that's journal that's jargon. Jur- that's journal talk. Journal jargon, brah. Journalists don't use exclamation points. How about this? <laughs> On the Journo Jargon podcast, we're going to get into it, what the slammer means to the business in 2016. Uh, but, yes, you're the GM is coming up later. 
And uh, that's it. So let's get into the news right now. Uh, the Irishman, uh, let's do it. Okay, buddy? We just thought if we ever got a chance to be our own bosses, that we'd do things differently. Yeah, we don't really have a boss right now. Greg is on the other side of the world. So uh, we should just go home after this. We should have had him leave someone in charge. I I would mm. put money that it would, well, I would make a proposition that it would be Mark. In charge of you two. Yeah, I think he, he would is, not leave. That is absurd. He would, that would not never leave work. me or Dan in charge. You yeah. two would not listen to a single <laughs> thing that I suggested I or I feel asked. like this has happened before where he's left you in charge. I like to say that what we're missing <laughs> is a friend, not just our boss. <laughs> Throw that out there. Let's start with Percy Harvin, guys. Uh, he will play football in the year uh, of our Lord, 2016. The only question left. <laughs> will what? <laughs> Who's our Lord? I don't know. Well, that's a, that's that's for the theology podcast coming uh, up later this is. summer. Uh, the buff will it be the Buffalo Bills, and uh, you know it comes down to whether the Bills, I guess, want him back. Harvin is definitely playing. Rap sheet reported Wednesday. Uh, at least three teams have been in contact with the wide receivers camp. Um, he is not. He didn't play much last year, of course. After a nice start to the season in Buffalo, his first and perhaps only season uh, in Orchard Park. But then the hip issues that have become chronic and really have uh, kept his career from taking off for several years now, uh, flared up and knocked him out for the year. Um, so here we go. Here we are, Wes. You wrote the piece on Around the NFL's website. Your thoughts on Percy Harvin. Do you think there's anything left in the tank? I know there's something left in the tank because I saw him play last September when he outplayed Sammy Watkins. Mm. Averaged 75 yards on seven touches in their three games before his hip injuries cropped up again. The most the most interesting thing I I found in this was that it seemed like Doug Whaley, the Bills GM, was pretty hopeful that Harvin would just come out of retirement and go straight to the Bills. Now you're hearing three teams have contacted him. Maybe it's not a fait accompli that he's going to end up in Buffalo again. It was actually when Connor and I were in London covering the Bills Jaguars game that well a work assignment also, okay. but you know Harvin mysteriously never made the trip. And it was it started to bubble up and become news that he was contemplating maybe deep sixty his entire career. And so I thought for a long time maybe we know we you know what an amazing out of the gate with the Vikings what a special player. But I feel like there's probably no guy that we've had to write more injury updates about since 2009. I mean, and it started as the migraine issue into various other things. So if you sign him. You've got to wonder, what is it we're going to get out of this guy? Can you really count him for more than four or five games a year? Let's be fair, too, Wes. Yes, he had a nice month uh, before he got hurt last year, but you have your own personal stance that you don't think we should write about Victor Cruz. Uh, but Percy Arvin's not that different. Well, He hasn't done much at all in multiple years, and yet we write about every single move connected to him. It really speaks to the talent that he is uh, and what we've seen in the past, but he hasn't done much. So, to me, three teams interested – uh, he's going to sign with somebody and someone's going to have big thoughts about what he could be to their offense, just like the Vikings thought and the Seahawks thought and the Jets thought and then the Bills thought. And then you have to go to plan B because he can't stay on the field. I would say buyer beware. That's fair. I would I would offer as a rejoinder, from my point of view, that there's a very marked difference between Percy Harvin and Victor Cruz. I know Percy Harvin can still play when he's healthy. When he's on the field, he's he's a very good wide receiver. That's a huge if. Um, Victor Assumption Cruz. on Cruz, by the way. I know it's a serious injury, but well, I said I don't yet. know if he can still play. Right. I have no idea if he can still play. I know Percy Harvin can. 
But there was another hip injury after you saw him playing at a high level since. Oh, or it's, it's the same ongoing. Larry. It's the same ongoing hip injury. Victor Cruz. I mean, come on. Who's the, name me one player who's come back from a patellar tendon surgery? Oh, I mean, I I think he certainly fits in that category of guys that you decided you're not writing about anymore. It's fair. How many? 29-year-old wide receivers have come back from a hip injury that keeps getting worse. I, I think mean, he's only 27. He's Victor 20, Cruz 20. is also – part of my stance is that it's the whole New York thing. If he sneezes, you have to write about it <laughs> yeah. just because he plays in New York. Uh, that's fair. That's fair, Wes. There is certainly an East Coast bias that really pervades every aspect of the industry. Um, Vernon Davis is a tight end that uh, was once productive uh, during his days with the 49ers. Um, that is a while ago. You want to talk about guys that haven't done much in a while. Uh, he started last season with the 49ers, got traded to the Denver Broncos, and was thought to be, ooh, maybe this guy's a missing piece in Denver. He ended up getting kind of outplayed by Owen Daniels, of all people, who ended up taking most of the snaps in crunch time down the stretch towards that Super Bowl run by Denver. Uh, Denver let Davis walk in free agency, and now he's found a new home. Rap Sheet reported Thursday that the veteran tight end is signing a one-year deal with the Washington Redskins, Mark Sessler, Scott McLuhan, the guy I know you like a lot, um, thinks that there's still something there with Vernon Davis and put him with Kirk Cousins and uh, that offense, and maybe he gets his career back on track. Can you see that happening? Not real. I guess this move confused me in the sense that Scott McLuhan is, one of, I think, one of the more talented GM's out there at all, and I, he's done a nice wow. job built. I, no, I really do think so because you have to look back at what he did with the Niners and Seahawks too behind the scenes to some degree, and maybe it's the it's what he saw with Vernon Davis when he was with the Niners with him on his side, then having to face him as a Seahawks executive too. But I don't look at Vernon Davis after what we saw last season as someone that's going to come in and really help that offense, barring absolute rejuvenation. I think you could you could have better found a young player or someone to develop at this point. So he's just Jordan Reed insurance? I mean, he's not going to outplay Jordan Reed. I'm not sure he even gets past Niles Paul. Niles Paul's coming back from a gruesome leg injury. I mean, I think he's got he's going to have to fight for a roster spot. I don't think it's well, assumed anything here. It's but. good to have depth at that position because yeah. Jordan Reed could never stay healthy until last year, and Paul's coming off that injury. So I think Davis could end up seeing more snaps than perhaps we envision right now. But – it just goes back to, again, and Wes, we've talked about this, I feel like, many times whenever this guy comes up. It looks like he can still move when you watch some tape of him and he'll make a play occasionally. But you got, I mean, you look at the numbers and he, is he motivated? Is he a guy, I know for a fact he's a guy that's trying to be an actor. Uh, he's going in to read with different uh, companies uh, in Los Angeles. He's trying to, like, set up the next stage of his career. Is, is this a guy who is still focused on football or is he just cash and paycheck? I mean, he said he wants to play for, what, four or five more years. So we'll, we'll see about that. I wonder if it will help because I think when he got traded to Denver, he was suddenly in a new scheme and they talked, Elway talked about having to try to make him comfortable in their offense in various situations to at least be with a new team for an entire offseason. That, that, that will be a help for him. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. You come to Denver halfway through the season, you don't know the offense, and you have a quarterback who is as particular as any quarterback who's ever played about being in the right place on the field. At the time of that trade, Next Gen Stats had him uh, with the first and third fastest times of the season by a tight end. Mm. So that would say, at least in a straight line, he can still move. Let me guess, it was 20 miles an hour to 21. <laughs> His fastest was 21.91, which is faster wow. than a lot of wide receivers are running. 
Uh, yeah, in retrospect, as I remember we wrote about it when the trade happened to Denver, um, that, oh, this felt like a good fit, maybe a potential steal. But that was asking a lot of both Vernon Davis to learn the playbook, to find a way in that role in that offense, and then deal with two quarterbacks in Osweiler and Manning that weren't really doing much last year, let's be honest. Like, they weren't big-time producers, and it's hard to get trust at that stage. So, we'll see. I think it's a, Mark, I think it's a nice signing by I Boston. mean, it hurts the, the, the hidden, the undersold tragedy in this transaction. It's nice that a human being is employed, but, Dan, your Greybeard's team took a major hit here. Was he not, wasn't he the starting tight end on that roster? Popular misconception, Mark. I'm glad you brought it up, though, because I'm getting this a lot on Twitter and it, it, by the way, it isn't a uh, coincidence that whenever I release my annual uh, Greybeards roster, these guys start getting plucked off because it, it, I believe it really does put these guys on a pedestal. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. That guy can't be on a fake. I think team. if you're a league executive, it's a, a galvanizing piece that you look at and you say, this is kind of what, as a group, we've not seen. We've got to go out and get some of these guys. Let's take a look at uh, the Greybeards roster. Uh, yes, Vernon Davis is gone now. Uh, Percy Harvin's in the news, but he's still on my roster. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else got signed? You're going to lose your quarterback at some point. This team is going to be a disaster. Well, but my point being is that uh, once you're a graybeard, you're a graybeard for life. So you're locked in in this hypothetical world. As long as you were available when I set the roster, I can't lose you. You actually had a player reach out to you privately upset that they weren't on the team. Isn't that? Yeah, that's correct? not even a joke. Um, Quentin Demps. Um, uh, you know, defensive back, uh, currently without a gig, uh, sent a tweet at uh, tweeted at me, a uh, nice roster with like one of those emoticons, like whatever, bro, emoticons. I felt bad. I don't know. It's hard. I mean, there's only limited space. Should Quentin Demps have been on that roster, Wes? I would take that as a compliment that he cares so much about being on the Greybeards. That's true. Greybeards influence rising. Moving on. Tony Romo, guys, he had that surgery. On his collarbone, um, the surgery was, was um, performed not just uh, to, to get the bone to heal but to hopefully prevent another um, type of injury in the future, another broken clavicle. He's done it three times now. It's called Mumford surgery. Um, no connection to the Is that why he waited? mid-tier uh, acoustic rock act Wow, that's selling out your local amphitheater right now. Dan takes a shot at Mumford and Sons. He's uh, like, I could have had the surgery in January, but I will wait. <laughs> oh, look at you, Wes. <laughs> well done. But um, my, I guess my only question about this, so he says he's feeling good and he's looking forward to off-season workouts and all that. If you're the Cowboys with the draft coming up, I mean, what's going on in their what's their quarterback room right now? What what is going yeah, on? Yeah, what's in, in their room? Well, they they let go of Brandon Whedon and they don't have a whole lot going on in their quarterback room. That feels like they almost certainly are going to use a first or second round pick on a quarterback today. Got Kellen Moore. Got to do it, right? I mean, first of all, I I think if you're Jerry Jones, you got to be thinking we're not going to be at number 4 again and there's a very good shot that Wentz or Goff could fall to you at number four, so you got to think about that. The by the way, Mark, you're not the Browns are not going to pass on a quarterback because RG three impressed Hugh Jackson so much, right? Please I don't think it would have happen. any effect on that, but I could see them passing on one. This is what I just talked about with Sheck on his on his show that the Dave Damashek football program. That's right. He he put forward the idea that what they should do is tr truly go best player available and get someone like Jalen Ramsey. 
versus picking a quarterback. Who knows what they're going to do? We don't know. Mm. The Browns are building. It makes sense for them to get a quarterback. The Cowboys, their owner's convinced they're a Super Bowl team with Romo healthy. Right. Why wouldn't you get an impact player at another position at number four and get a quarterback in the second or third round? Couldn't agree more, but I wonder if the – and I don't think Jerry Jones gets gets not enough credit for having stepped aside to some degree and allowing other people to have a voice with the draft. He certainly has. They've had good drafts, but – he got talked out of Johnny Manziel. That he did. Show. I'm just wondering if you're if you the Jerry Jones factor is alive and well. If they they also at the Senior Bowl they coached Carson Wentz and they loved him. So if if Wentz is the guy you that fall falls, in love with a guy, take you never him. know. Yeah, if you fall in love with him and if you are 100 percent convinced. I mean, if we're tired of writing about you know uh, Percy Harvin and Victor Cruz, I mean, this is like how many years in a row are we going to write about Tony Romo and his collarbone or his back or this or that? All offseason is, I'm doing great. I'm on the mend. Great. <laughs> My favorite is listening to Jerry Jones tell us how valuable the backup quarterback position is then entering a season with Brandon Whedon as the backup. Moving on. Um, J.J. Watt is the greatest defensive player in the world. He might go down as the greatest of all time. But when it's all said and done, let's be honest, that's the ceiling that we're talking about with Watt, the Houston Texans defensive lineman. Uh, He won the Defensive Player of the Year award again in 2015, uh, and he did it in a very banged-up manner. And I'm stunned, for one, that this is leaking out. Uh, (laughs) He had a broken hand, as we know, and a herniated disc that he played through. Uh, According to Tanya Ganguly of ESPN, uh, according to a source, Watt had also partially, partially torn left and right abdominals and a partially torn right abductor longus longus uh, he also had a fully torn left abductor longus and a fully torn I'm a doctor abductor pectineus p e c t i n e u s which is pronounced pectineus <laughs> which are two of the three muscles that connect to the pelvic bone to the left thigh bone that makes five partially or fully torn core muscles gentlemen uh, Watt didn't miss a game, led the league at sacks with 17 and a half. He's on track for a recovery. J.J. Watt is a warrior, isn't he? <laughs> I I agree with you that it, it is shocking that this came out. It must have been um, the uh, following the Ben Roethlisberger model of making sure everyone knows how injured you are. I mean, I feel like that, you know, we don't know what half these guys are dealing with. And the idea that all these things, I've never even heard of these body parts, <laughs> uh, but that all this was t- a tangled mess and he was playing the way he was. I mean, I, I think you probably basic human functions you would struggle with if, if this were happening to you. Right. Do you well, think he was chased for a couple of months? What do you mean? Chastity. Oh, chased. <laughs> well, I, sure. I, I mean, I, it doesn't sound like that would be a lot of fun. I mean, please. You're asking if he was doing it with all these injuries well, to his core area. You said basic area. human functions. I mean, that might. If he was going down to <laughs> town, you're asking. <laughs> uh, prob- probably or probably not. I don't the know. What's going on out here? I've never I've never been uh, banged up at that level. Uh, but, yeah, some guys talk. Jay Glazer was on the Bill Simmons podcast, and uh, he made a point to to bring up that, you know, he was just making the uh, point that Tom Brady works as hard as any quarterback, including Peyton Manning. Just certain guys talk about it and some guys don't. J.J. Watt will let you know. That's okay, though. He just likes people to know that he's J.J. Watt. Maybe it's a little harder, too, when you're playing in Houston. Well, I mean, on a serious note, it is incredible that he won Defensive Player of the Year while playing through that injury and facing double and triple teams. I mean, to his credit, he didn't let us know week to week during the season. You would never know this was happening. 
Uh, spoiler alert, by the way, not the first we'll hear about J.J. Watt in this podcast. Moving on, the Chiefs have signed Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware to contract extensions. Uh, both guys stepped up last year after Jamal Charles blew out his ACL um, in October, um, and now both are under contract. Uh, rap Sheet had um, Ware receiving a two-year extension worth $3.6 million. Um, the other uh, running back, uh, West, we don't have the in- info on him. Oh, wow. R- Rappaport added that West received the same exact deal. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Unusual. It is very unusual. I think it's brilliant, though, because you basically take what could be down the road your two running backs, maybe no, even no Jamal Charles out of the picture at some point, and you give them the same deal. So there's no in-locker room issues. And one guy's a former sixth-round pick. One guy was undrafted. And let me just say this. Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. This is, this is a smart move by KC, but not groundbreaking. But Jamal Charles is 29 years old. Uh, he'll be 30 by the end of this year. Coming off a second torn ACL, he was still one of the best running backs in the league last year before he got hurt. He was on pace for another amazing year. But does this maybe feel like the skids are being greased a little bit? Maybe not for this year, but maybe next year when Charles is 30 and he's still expensive, that maybe this is a move made with an eye on the future without Jamal Charles. Seems like an eye on the future as far as insurance policy. That I think their general manager, John Dorsey, probably knows the history of running backs at that age and the history of durability of running backs at that age. It's not, not a bad idea to have two quality backups signed to reasonable deals. I mean, and also with what we saw, you know, Kansas City went on one of those kind of freaky win streaks, but their run game and their offense in general, it did not suffer without him in there. In fact, it seemed like a more cohesive attack without everything being centered around him. He wouldn't like hearing that, but. The disturbing part of this is that Rappaport also reported the Chiefs are working to trade Niall Davis. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Connor Orr uh, must be – thinking about maybe bringing him back to the Get River that Hot. Nile Mile shopping well, mall too back many running running. backs. That makes sense. By the way, actually, now they look at Jamal Charles' uh, contract, I, I, I'm thinking otherwise. He's due $3.7 million, uh next year in base salary, which is hardly um, you know extravagant uh, with some bonus money totaling $3 million. But he's not that expensive. He's no Adrian Peterson contract. So I guess they're just going to roll with the full backfield. Uh, and finally in the news, um, Wes um, wrote an extended piece on the Around the NFL uh, site about uh, Mike Shanahan receiving a phone call from none other than Robert Griffin III, um, now the Browns quarterback. Uh, RG3 and Shanahan had a falling out, of course, at the end of their Washington tenure together before Shanahan got fired. Uh, Shanahan, let's face it, got fired because RG3 um, fell off after his amazing rookie year in 2012. But here was RG3 West thanking Mike Shanahan for a glowing review uh, following Shanahan's decision to call who? Jeff Fisher. It was an incredibly illuminating interview with uh, ESPN 980 in Washington. And I would say let's go through a few points here. The first thing that jumped out to me, nobody called Mike Shanahan. Not even John Elway and Gary Kubiak, who worked under Mike Shanahan in Denver on back-to-back Super Super Bowl teams, nobody called him. Shanahan took it upon himself to reach out to Jeff Fisher and try to find a home for Robert Griffith III because he believes, this is another thing that stood out to me, he believes that if RG3 goes back to a zone-read type of offense with play-action elements to it, that that's his only chance of success. And here's another point that he made. 
when RG3 came back in 2013 after the knee injury, which was Shanahan's partially his fault in the first place, it wasn't Shanahan who wanted to change the offense away from the read option to a more conventional offense. It was RG3 who wanted to do that. And I remember hearing his father was somehow involved in that too. But uh, Shanahan said he wanted to go in a different direction, which I felt was a big mistake because we could have gradually brought him there. There were a lot of interesting revelations in this uh, interview, but those were three of the ones that jumped out. One other one that I thought was great was that he Shanahan went after people that talked about the read option and read option quarterbacks no longer having anything to do with the NFL. Well, he pointed to Russell Wilson as the prime example, and if you look even back further, the, the last four Super Bowls have had read option quarterbacks. Cam Newton uses elements of it. Colin Kaepernick did four years ago. And then Russell Wilson, like he, I think there's a difference between Russell Wilson and the other guys because he makes such great decisions and his instincts are so good. But Shanahan kind of pointed to that and said anybody who thinks the read option is still not successful basically are people on TV, not people having to game plan for that. Call me a cynic, but that the one aspect of the story that did leave me arching my eyebrow was Shanahan saying it was Griffin's idea to change the offense. I wonder if you asked Griffin if he would say the same thing. I don't know. I – that was kind of reported at the time that that his father was involved with that. Remember that his dad was like, "We." Want but why to would Mike Shanahan but, and his son be affected by what RG 3s dad had to say upstairs? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, also was the idea that he would be less punished in a exactly. But Shanahan argues was, the opposite, right? I think it was a move to protect RG 3s future, which in a way ended up hurting him because he he's not a pocket quarterback. Also, you know, when you talk about the RG3 saga in Washington, the whole, like, uh, mission week one, whatever it was, it was one of his slogans, uh, that, that race to be ready for the start of the following season. I think everybody got caught up in the hoopla of his return, and there were so many things that went wrong in that 2013 season, and I think there was plenty of blame to go around. Bruce Allen. There's, there's going to be a great book about that, uh, that four-year oh, yeah. run oh, yeah. one day. Their GM, Bruce Allen, has come out and admitted that, that it was a horrible mistake to rush him back for week one and unfair to the game of football. Remember RG3 released the tweet? I think it was during – Shocking. It was because I remember being at Radio City when it happened. It was the 2013 uh, draft, and it was like mission complete or something because he was cleared for – off-season workouts or something, and it was just like he had this whole slogan that he's got to get rid of the sloganeering in Cleveland. And as Mark, you know, and I, I've written about it. Like I do not have a good feeling about this, but if he's going to have any chance, he's got to RG three's got to wipe out all that stuff on the outside and just be completely locked in with Hugh Jackson. Otherwise, this is just going to uh, delve into dark another dark period for him. Yeah, I mean, they talk friends. about if they talk about always oh, humbled and he's reflective and he's grown. I think part of it is not becoming a sideshow on a team that does not need that right now, obviously, after what they went through with Manziel. Well, we, well Chris and I talked about before, though, I, at least if, if there's any hope for RG3 that he's going to go play under a coach in Hugh Jackson that is flexible with his offense versus someone trying to take RG3 and sticking him into some vanilla West Coast scheme where he's just doing stuff that, according to Shanahan, are not his gifts. I, I like the idea, but, I mean, the problem is who's he going to throw to, who's going to block for him, who's he going to hand the ball to. And you and I and Colleen were talking about this at the end of our NFL Now hit, that I'm pulling for RG3. I feel like, and, and I think Dan feels this way too, the NFL is a more fun league to I watch. I love RG3. When he's healthy and playing in a system geared to his, his strengths, he can be one of the most fun players in the league to watch. 
if he's anywhere close to the same guy physically, I still have some skepticism about that. Maybe the year off will actually help him. We'll see. Uh, one last note. Um, Jeff Cumberland, nickname Cumby, hashtag Cumby, had a workout with the um, New England Patriots. Oh, Dan. Yeah, he wouldn't do that to me, though. Wow. He's doing it to you right now. No, we'll see. Well, if he signs, then you'll know that I was double-crossed. But we'll tr- we'll just we'll track that. That would I don't want to have to I don't have to declare vengeance on Jeff Cumberland. Put it that way. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. I feel like that was the first use of double cross since a 1980s cartoon. <laughs> yeah, double cross me, see? Uh, it was like 1930s. Anyway, okay, that's it. That's what's happening in the news. Now let's talk about it. Uh, I know uh, both Wes and Mark, the kissing cousins. Their dream is to one day one day be general managers in the NFL. <laughs> We're a little late to the game. Uh, it's never too late to, um, you know, follow your dreams. So this, if, if nothing else, you'll always have today's segment, which is called You're the GM. One, two, three, four, five slammers. Cherno <laughs> Gab. Uh, so this is kind of a role-playing game, and I'm really looking forward to everyone really um, committing to their characters here. You'll, um, and Mark, why don't you get us going because uh, this was an idea that you had pitched. So the you will take on the identity of a general manager and you will be calling someone else in the NFL uh, and either Wes or, or myself will uh, play that other party involved in this phone call. Uh, what do we got? All right, I am going to go to Wes with this one because I am... Let's get the phone going. Wait, wait, wait. A little quick on the phone ring. <laughs> he hasn't even, nobody even knows who they are yet. I have to say, though, I didn't want him to just jump into it without the phone. Okay. That was fresh. I know that's okay. coming now. Okay. Are we ready? What are, what are the – I, I am Tennessee Titans general manager John Robinson in his first year on the job, and you are Cardinals general manager Steve Kine. Oh, I'm taking you to the cleaner. All right, here we Some go. newbie's calling me. All right, here we go. Phone call time. Pronto. I think he answered. Yeah. I think he answered. You totally cued me up for that, too. Again. <laughs> this is a terrible start to the segment. Kime here. Kime, uh, John Robinson here. I need you to sit down for a minute. I got an offer for you. All right. Bowl me over here, right. Robbie. Is this a video camera? Like a video camera? I think, the, you know, the, I, despite the ring, I think it's a self. Okay. Two guys on their cells. Okay. Kime's probably ponied up to the bar. All right, here's my proposal. I am offering you... The top overall pick in this year's draft, along with next year's number two, in exchange for J.J. Nelson and Coach Bruce Arians. What? Whoa. <laughs> Didn't they outlaw this? Well, I'm the operator. Not in this game. <laughs> the, the no. We feel the Titans. This is Patriot the, Act, this baby. Is the missing chip to turning this team into an East Coast juggernaut. Well, look, I – Appreciate the offer. Let's start first of all. It's it's enough to bowl me over and, and make me think about it. It's a lot you're putting on the table here, but I have to tell you that we are in our Super Bowl window. We, I, I know you guys are building over there in Nashville. You got a cute little operation. Oh, on the rise. Uh, people kind of know who you are now. You know, you got Marcus Mariota. I don't blame you for coming after Bruce. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. But we work well together. We know how one hand washes the other. We have a great operation going on here, and, and we're going to keep Bruce. And uh, like Matt Hasselbeck once said, we're going to go win the game. Well, one thing, what if I take uh, <laughs> J.J. Nelson off the off the table? You get to keep Nelson. 
Oh. I didn't even hear you mention his name. <laughs> All right, well, listen, I got your number. Maybe I'll call you back another time. Thank you. John Robbie, good luck in Nashville. That was civil. A nice civil conversation, even if nothing came out of it. Nothing came. That's how you got to play the game, though. You got to send feelers all over the league. Okay. That was a good feeler phone call. Um, all right, let me do one. Mark, I'm going to give you a call. You will be uh, playing the role of Colts general manager Ryan Grigson. Right. I will be Texans general manager Rick Smith. Mm. Really looking forward to this phone call. Real excited. Pick up, Brian. Hey, Griggy here. Greg Bone. What up? Who is this? This is Texans GM Rick Smith. How you doing, Rick? It's Little re- inner division call. How are you? Real great to talk with another AFC South mind. Sure. How's everything? Well, you know, there's some drama behind the scenes as always here, but uh, we're not allowed to let that leak this time, this year. Are you aware that you'll almost certainly be fired uh, next year? Well, you know, they're, yeah, the, the, the vice is closing around my head and neck region, but, you know, I'm being paid well. I'll roll. Well, luckily I'm here to help you save okay. your job. I'm going to offer you a trade. And I know a lot of people said, you know, we don't trade in division, but it could save both our jobs. I think it could work out for both of us. Well, let me here we go. lay it on me. All right, here we go. How's Nikki Blaine's, by the way, the cigar bar? All right, Smith, get to it. All right. (laughs) I got a player you might be interested in. J.J. Watt, ever heard of him? Uh, Yes, I have heard of him. You hear what's going on with his core muscles? Have you been drinking? (laughs) I would like to trade you J.J. Watt. It's going to cost you, though. My ears are perked. I would like to also offer you one of the most talented young quarterbacks in the league right now. As evident when you look at his salary, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> All right, continue. And I would like, in exchange, you been to Shake Shack lately? Yeah, I've been there. You like it? It's fine. There's another side to this deal. Grigo don't have a lot of time. <laughs> Greg should go third person. J.J. Watt and Brock Osweiler for Andrew Luck. Let's do it. Let's do some business. You get a quarterback back. You get the greatest defense player of his generation. I get the quarterback that my oh my owner, you know, Bobby Mick, he's on me every day. He said, oh, Brock, yeah, it's a good signing. Now I want to go out and get Andrew Luck. Of course, he's coming off that injury. You get the quarterback, the 25-year-old quarterback, and the great defensive player. Let's do it. Let's do business. Here's why I can't do business with you it's it's the, the the massive blunder you made with the insane amount of guaranteed money if you were going to put this guy on the table, damn it i knew that'd get me that's right trying to get the old colts to bite ain't gonna work what if you i know, throw in a first round pick i gotta go oh no hanging up the phone <laughs> damn it bye bye all right did you ever uh, i thought maybe i had a chance there it's intriguing. Yeah. You, you're intriguing. Wes, you're up. I am Raiders general manager Reggie McKenzie. Dan, you are Jets general manager Mike McCagnan. One ring. Two rings. Mike McCagnan's office. Mikey Mac, this is Sugar Bear. Please hold. <laughs> Gotta be wiser. 
Big Mac here. The biggest. Of, oh, Mac, sound Big Mac. Big Mac, this is Sugar Bear. Over oh, in Oakland? Sugar Bear over in the Oak Town. What's up? Look, I, you guys, Muhammad Wilkerson's got you over a barrel right now. And I, I know that. Look, you want to get rid of him. You're dying to get rid of him. Does the Leopard have spots? <laughs> yes. Okay. Last year, we touched base with you on, on Mo. We wanted him at the time after you drafted Leonard, Wil- Leonard Williams. You know, you, you, you got too many defensive ends over there. It is an embarrassment of riches. You use a draft pick, maybe a, a nose tackle after you lose after you lost snacks. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a second round pick and promising young nose tackle Justin Ellis. And I would like Mo Wilkerson. I got I got plenty of room under my cap. Okay. You, you don't. So let me take Mo off your hands. He'll be a key piece for us. You guys get your second round pick. Still in contender mode. We'll give you Justin Ellis. You stick Williams and Sheldon Richardson over there on the ends. Everybody wins. What do you say? What was the draft pick? Second round pick. Sugar Bear. Yeah. Mo is one of the great defensive linemen in the league. His ability to both play the run, get after the quarterback. You can move him around. He's a chess piece. He's 25 years old. He is durable. He is a good locker room guy. I would have him re-signed already if I didn't have so many issues with my own salary cap right now. This is a first-round talent. This is a potential Hall of Fame player, and you're not going to give me a first-round pick, Sugar Bear! Mikey Mack, I'm a little disappointed at your basic knowledge of how the NFL works. Of course he's a (laughs) first-round talent, but basically I have to sign him as a free agent and give you a first-round pick? That's not how the NFL works. I would say to this, uh, thank you for listening to my offer, but have fun uh, with your compensation pick next year, fourth rounder, and your 3-13 and 13 oh. record without a quarterback this year. Enjoy that next 12 months and lose Mo Wilkerson for nothing. Nice talking to you, Reggie. Enjoy another 6-10. and 10. Um, yeah, There should have uh, there should have been some negotiations there. You could have gotten Big Mac. That's not how Sugar Bear works. I, I present you with a fair offer, and you try to hold me over a barrel? No thanks. All right. <laughs> I I could have worked with you maybe. I was just testing you out, and then you, well, this you is ran a glimpse, away. This is a glimpse behind the curtain. Sometimes feelings get a little rankled. <laughs> well, you really – I mean, you went after Big Mac there. Well, Big, Big Mac should have known that's how, you know. Wait, in all seriousness, do you think the Jets couldn't get a first-round pick for Mo Wilkerson? I, I doubt they could get a second. I don't think there's any way they would trade him without – I mean, you're, you're asking. I think they're stuck in that situation because you're you, you nailed. It. You have to turn around and then contract negotiate with him. Right. What? If, yeah, but he's a he's a stud monster. Yeah, but when the Dolphins signed Indomitian Sue, they didn't have to give up a first round pick and give him that contract. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's the Jets got a first rounder for Darrell Revis when they were in the same type of situation a couple of years ago. It's not impossible to get a first round pick uh, in a trade like that, even when you're at an impasse, but. Terrell Revis is the greatest cornerback of his generation. Fair enough. That's why I don't think he'll get traded. I don't think the Jets will take a um, a mid-round pick. But second round, I guess it's not insulting. If we could have talked it out, you were in a rush to get off the phone. I air. felt insulted. Uh, you can have a second phone call Maybe. down the road. Maybe. All right. Uh, Mark, you're up. All right. My name is Brown's executive VP of football operations, Sashi Brown. Sashi. <laughs> this is your dream right now. I'm sitting in a room in Cleveland, nice, quiet, early spring, late winter day in Cleveland. Got Paul DePodesta sitting next to me, you know, eating some pistachios. Hugh Jackson over in the corner. We've just been talking this thing up, and we're going to get on the phone right now. And I'm going to talk to old Danny Boy, who's going to play the role 
of Falcons GM Thomas Dimitrov. Mm. Thomas Dimitrov's office. Tommy boy. Please hold. This is Tommy D. Tommy, you got Paul D. Podesta dancing with that. Paulie D. Well, this is Sashi, but I got Paul sitting next oh. to me, and that little hold music got him going. We're feeling good over here in Cleveland. I'm going to tell you why. We're building really? something original. I realize that every you know reporter and talking head says, what the hell is going on with that team? But we are working behind the scenes. We are getting a lot of heat, a lot of offers for that number two pick. Mm. Because you can do, you can change your franchise and a team like the Falcons, you guys, you know, you, you, you are in a different situation than us. You could take a number two pick and really, really maybe thrust yourself to the top of that NFC South, so let's talk a little business because I got an offer for you. You ready? I would like – I mean, I got Lance Armstrong. We're going biking in a little bit, but I have a few minutes. Go ahead. All right. Okay, well, listen, I won't take too much of your time because this won't take long for you to answer. Here's what I'm going to offer you. Our first-round pick, number two overall. Mm-hmm. Along with a franchise left tackle in Joe Thomas, who honestly, people, oh, we don't want to trade him. We, we want to give Joe Thomas the respect of not having to sit through what will be a three or four year rebuild. But we do need. I say it, rebuild. We, we're, we, and Hugh Jackson doesn't like that word. He's, he's grimacing over there. But here's what we need for that number two pick in Joe Thomas. We're looking at uh, quarterback Matt Ryan. I was afraid you were going to say that. I mean, Sashi, think about it. You're little in over your head. Do you, do you even follow football? I, mean, I certainly follow guy. it, and I followed Matt Ryan's season last year, and here's what I think. I think you can basically double down, and you can take a quarterback that we love. We're fine taking Carson Wentz, but we think that you plug in Carson Wentz with Joe Thomas at left tackle and the number two pick. You can go get Jalen Ramsey or someone like that. I mean, you can completely remake your team and start over in a good way. I'll tell you what, Sashi. And by the way, the narrative that the media is crafting about your franchise, it's slightly earned, let's be fair. Well, you started your career in Cleveland, so you should have some sympathy. Absolutely, I did. How would I not know that? I'm, <laughs> Tough I'm to be Thomas a vegan Dimitrov. in Cleveland. I know it wasn't easy for you. Yes. Um, here's the thing. It's a very compelling offer. Matt Ryan just turned 30, or is turning 30. Uh, I think he has a good six years left where he is a top 10 type quarterback. So, Joe Thomas... Great offer, and it fortifies our line. I like that. Uh, the number two pick, I love that. But I'm going to need a little bit more to get the deal done. And I'll tell you what I'm going to need. Tell me. I'm going to need a number one in 2019. Excuse me, 2018. Well, I got to I gotta let and you I'll give you back. <laughs> I'll give you back. 2017, excuse me. Okay. I'll give you back a third rounder in 2017. You you give me that, you got a deal. And Matt Ryan's your new franchise quarterback. That's a rich, that's a steep, that's a steep, steep price, my friend. Um, I want two firsts in the next two years. I want Joe Thomas, and I also uh, will send you back Matt Ryan and a third round pick in 2017. Let's do it. You I want mean, it? You came on this phone call. You waited through the Madonna cover. 
Now you got to go and say, let's do this. Paul just passed out in the seat next to me. I mean, that's our future. <laughs> and you're looking at a team that, you know, we're, we're going to have a high first-round pick next year. And the Browns – Not we, if you have Matt Ryan. We're going to take risks, but the Browns are not going to be, you know, overly stupid about things. I want to make this deal get done. I'll call you back with something else down the road, but we got other people to call. I think you're, I think you're passing up something here, a chance to, to really, really turn the Falcons into a winner. You, you know, your job's on the line, buddy. Shouldn't you be at spring training? All right. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out. Boy. All right. Took a turn for the worst there. Okay. Wes. You will be playing Los Angeles Rams general manager Les Snead. All right. I will be playing, well, you'll find out. Hello? Les? Yes, sir? It's me, the sheriff. Cut that meat. Cut that meat. Peyton Manning. (laughs) You again. Yeah, it's me again, Les. Uh, I want to play. Let me play. Let me. That's all I'm going to say, Les. I'm not. Let's cut through all the BS, and I'm going to make a case before you say anything. I already have a case. Let me Keenum. make a case. You ready? <laughs> case Keenum's a terrible quarterback, and you know that. We gave him a first round tender for a reason. Nick Foles is a literal joke. <laughs> Way to go, guys, with that contract. I have thrown 539 touchdowns in the regular season. I threw 40 more in the playoffs. I got two rings, and I will be your quarterback for $5 million next year. That's Sanchez money, baby. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. You know I'm better than Case Keenum. You know that I'll I'll be another coach on the field. You know I'll be a great bridge in Los Angeles one year. And I'll tell you what, I've never felt better physically. I'm rejuvenated. You got to trust me on this. I've been flying to Sweden, been throwing the ball with Todd Helton. I feel great. Let's make this happen. Peyton, with all due respect to the 18 years you've put into this league and the legacy that you're going to leave behind as one of the top 10 players in NFL history, I wouldn't I don't give, like the way this is starting. I wouldn't give you $5 to play football, <laughs> much less $5 million. I saw you play Wait in the a cotton picking minute here. I saw you play in the Super Bowl. I think it was a good idea to retire. I thought it was a beautiful announcement. You handled it well. I don't think you want to go back on that. I would advise you to take a look in the mirror, Peyton Manning. Les, I'm begging you. <laughs> That's beneath you, sir. Les, <laughs> I need this. I cannot face myself in that mirror if I'm not a football player. I'll tell you what, I've got an offer for you. I don't want your life. <laughs> I've got an offer for you. <laughs> I'm dead set on going into the season with Case Keenum and finishing 7-9 and nine because that is my plan. It's, it's my plan. plan every year. And once they fire me, why don't you just come replace me as general manager of Los Angeles Rams? How about we work that out? All right. We'll, 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 we'll surface, this converse, surface this conversation down the road. How about that? All right, but I can't stress enough. Cannot stress enough that you should never come out of retirement. <laughs> Stay where you are and don't ever throw a pass again. Les, one last thing. I'll literally do anything if you let me be your quarterback this year. <laughs> I will be your valet. I will be your personal chef. I will take your kids to school. Don't make me go home. <laughs> but I don't want to give you $5 million for that. Don't make me go home. All right. Wow. Uh, did you have another one, Wes? Sure, I got one. All right. Do we have 
Where I, am, I am good. I'm good. All right, last one. Here we go, Wes. All right. We got a three-way trade going on here. Ooh. I am John Elway, Broncos GM. Dan, you are Giants GM, Jerry Reese. Mark, you are Bucks GM, Jason Light. All right. New York Giants, please hold. This is Jerry Reese. Trade's not worth it. I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> no trade's worth Ace of Base. <laughs> what? What is that? I don't know. What's going on? Who is this? Hey, this is John Elway. Oh, it's you. What's up, John? Well, Congrats. I just added to my mantle again. Oh, yeah. Well, I got two rings. Yeah, I got a few of them. I, look, here's what you need. I look at your team. I know your job's on the line. You have to win this year. You need a tackle. I've got a four-time Pro Bowler, Ryan Clady. I'm flush with tackles. I'm going to send him your way. And I can't figure out how to use Cody, Cody Latimer. You lost Ruben Randall. You can't count on Victor Cruz. You need a wide receiver. I'm going to – look, here's what I'm going to do for you. Pro Bowl left tackle, Ryan Clady, and Cody Latimer. All I'm asking for is a third-round pick so I can turn around and send that on the way to Tampa Bay. All right. You do know, by the way – that I, um, are, I'm building a roster right now that will leave the franchise in ruins in two years. I figured that was your plan. Yeah, um, I, I have a lot of salary cap issues, so I'm going to need to take. It's a very nice offer. You're going to need to take back at least half of Ryan Clady's salary. No, at least uh, you're going to look at take your offensive line, man. I know it, it, Ryan Clady's a nice little thing. You got to you're going to have to take back a little of that salary, not, and you got a deal. No. Can't can't do just that. for the the purposes of this uh, bit this segment you should take back a little bit of money. Wes. I'll take back seven hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> Make it a million. You got a deal. Okay. All right. And what about the other guy? What about what other? Is it isn't there someone else on the phone call? Well, yeah, I think got to call that person. Let me patch him in. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is confusing. Wait, I'm done with you. I don't okay. See you around later. anymore? <laughs> that was weird. Light bright. <laughs> Lighty. John Elway here. How you doing, Johnny boy? Hey, look, I just swung a trade with Jerry Reese. Just swindled him out of a third-round pick. Oh, that's how we do it with the Giants, uh, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he tried to get me to take all his Clady's salary back. I just dumped most of them on him. Well, listen, I mean, I... I'm still on the line. Oh, well, <laughs> sorry, the Giants are a respectable organization, very consistent. Uh, we hope to build something similar down here. All right, I'm going to go. See you later. Okay. See you, Jerry. What a disaster they are. Woo-hoo-hoo. Still here. Okay, now I'm going. <laughs> Look, uh, you got Mike Glennon. I know you've been you're, – you're, the price you're asking for him has been exorbitant. I, you know, we, we know it's a bad quarterback market. I don't blame you for setting a high price. Right. You've been asking for a first-round pick all over the league, and nobody's going to give you that for, for a cartoon draft. It's just not going to happen. But here's what I'm willing to do. I just picked up an extra third. I've got an extra third compensatory pick, too. I'm going to send one your way and – I'm willing to move down from 31 to 39. You get the number 31 pick in the draft plus a third rounder for Mike Glennon. Well, that's compelling. I mean, we believe a lot in Mike Glennon, and we're looking to have two quarterbacks here. You know, if we lose Winston, what happens to us? I mean, I, I don't. We were suddenly in the same situation you are, trying to find someone to back up our young franchise quarterback. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, 
you know, I know you guys were were looking to Kaepernick too. You were looking to shop and looking a deal for him. What was that? A fourth rounder? What were you really looking for? It was about fourth rounder. I didn't want to give up more than a fourth. Well, I think I think that with Colin Kaepernick, we know that he can be a headache inside the locker room. Mike Lennon is an absolute choir boy. This guy is a student of the game. So I'll t- I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to my owner because he's very interested in Glennon. But let's give you a soft yes. Because I think that we, you know, we, we need to make a trade here. We, we need to sell until anyone actually watches enough of Mike Lennon and realize he's not worth any of this. Uh, we're going to need to sell him. I probably shouldn't have said that out loud, but I'm new at this job. So, uh, but yes, a soft yes. Got to take it to the ownership group. I'll sorry, call you back. Sorry, sorry. Offers off the table. Oh. You just admitted your own players oh. thinks. I got McCown on the other line. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to go. Your guy was benched for, McCl- for McCown. I'm in the middle of dinner here, so let's just don't let anyone know that this call happened. <laughs> wow. All right. LA out. Well, there you have it. A little peek behind the curtain of the NFL, guys. I, it surprised me how there is like a, a thread of incompetence that seems to <laughs> you know, it's, it is true. Just cut through the entire league. It couldn't have been Ties us. It, could, it must have been a real – it was a real look at how things work. Yeah. Um, that Bucks uh, GM, he was like more – Overwhelmed than uh, the Jaguars GM in that draft day. No, no, no. I, you know, I think he's. You learn the job as you go. Yeah. Um, he, le- he was learning it on the phone call. All right. That's Thursday's edition of the Round the NFL podcast. That was fun, guys. I enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back on, let's say, Tuesday. We'll be back with another show. Uh, just the three of us. Maybe we'll have a special guest sitting in. Maybe not. Who knows? A lot of time can, uh, a lot of things can happen between now and Tuesday. That's life. Uh, Make sure you check out uh, the Reddit page, which is, by the way, growing bigger and bigger. Uh, Almost 700 uh, people now signed up for it. I think it was like 60 at the beginning of the week. So keep on signing up. It's really a good place. And um, and we had a little meeting after the show yesterday. Uh, We're going to, you know, through the Irishman, uh, reach out to the audience for some different things for the show, and you guys can help us out. Uh, so I really like the idea of what the subreddit can do uh, for the show in terms of communication between the heroes and the audience. So check it out, www.reddit.com slash r slash around the NFL, and um, have your voice be heard. Question. Yes. Do you know, because I don't, yes. what's the difference between a Reddit and a subreddit? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, do you know Irishman? Nope, but I'll figure it out when I go yeah, on there. Yeah, maybe it's something to look up. Also, the iTunes challenge is going on still. Um, we're trying to see if we can goose the podcast up the rankings, the <laughs> iTunes rankings. Uh, it could have positive uh, impact on the show. We know we have the audience. It's just a matter of uh, you know, letting the shadowy league figures know that. So if you can go on to iTunes, uh, leave a comment, good or bad, we don't care. But give us that five-star rating, and let's see if we could beat uh, Steve Jobs. Don't you have a hashtag for this? What's that? Oh, hashtag iTunes challenge. Ooh. Hashtag purity is pure. Yeah. And finally, uh, Connor Orr getting married in less than 48 hours. Uh, Congratulations to Connor Orr, uh, who I'm sure she'll say yes, and he will, will say Yes, as well. That's usually how this goes. That's the report. And then they will go on their honeymoon, and then a new phase for Connor Orr starts. Um, and a new phase for the Portland Portland Riverhogs, whether he realizes it or not. 
think yeah. that franchise is going to start going dark from period for period. Absolutely. You cannot be the all-in sort of behind-the-scenes maniac when you've got other responsibilities. But anyway, getting married is fun, and as is the honeymoon, which is coming up next. So congratulations, Connor. That's it for another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. Signing up for Quiet Storm. The male man and the Irishman behind the glass. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.